The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Your questions answered tonight on Trouble Tuesdays. Every Tuesday, we uh, reserve the whole evening to answer your questions, to have discussions about whatever comes up in terms of a question. And they can be questions about general mental health, questions about sex or your relationship. 514-800 to text in a question. Of course, you can also talk to me at 514-790-0800. And then some people uh, like to... To email me and that's fine too to lori at drlori.com so let's get right into it um i have one testicle does this mean that i have less chance to have kids so uh no having one testicle can absolutely get someone pregnant uh one testicle provides enough testosterone for you to get an erection right and for you to ejaculate which is enough plenty of sperm to um to fertilize so it does not uh, impair uh, sexual function or uh, fertility remember that the you, one testicle can produce many millions of sperm and sufficient amounts of testosterone uh, which ensures of course that fertility is maintained now i don't know anything about the condition in which you have so depending on why you only have one testicle this is a discussion to have with your own doctor because just the the just the fact of one testicle this is what i can tell you but the reasons behind it, you know, I don't know if you're being treated for anything. I don't know if there's medications. I don't know what you're on. So I can only talk in, uh, in general terms. Uh, Hey doc, great show. I'm a huge fan. Uh, I saw a study today on what percentage of women like sex on their period. I was amazed because 63% said they love it. They said it helped tone down cramps. Uh, with a few exclamation marks and shortened the five to seven day to three days. Is this true? And how can a couple do this without making a big mess is sooner between or later in the period in the period, please explain. Okay. So the reason why, uh, women say they like it, it's, it's absolutely true that having an orgasm releases, uh, certain chemicals in the brain, which helps to relieve pain. So it does, uh, reduce cramping. No question about it. If you can get past the messiness. So sometimes the way to do it is in the shower, you know, you might have to be a little creative or you make sure you, uh, put down some kind of protective cover on, on the bed, right? So you, you plan for this kind of thing. Obviously, you know, you're not going to practice oral sex or anything like that. I might say obviously, but I, I'm not, that would, might be rather messy. Um, so that's one of the reasons that, uh, women can enjoy it. And also around, around that time, um, a little bit before, a little bit after they could be going through their period of, uh, or close to ovulation or what have you. So they, their libidos might be higher. Uh, so that's how you uh, get around it. Now I get it. A lot of people are very uncomfortable with this because of the messiness factor, but if you can get past that, 
then uh, sex can be uh, quite good. Plus a lot of natural lubrication going on there, right? Uh, let's see. Uh, a response to somebody who texted in yesterday about uh, dating apps and, and uh, having a hard time. Uh, well, they meet people, but in real life have a hard time. Uh, that person on the dating app seems to be trying too hard if she's comfy with herself. So I'm not sure if it was a herself or himself and remembers it too. She should do fine when meeting her dates for the first time in real life. So really what you're saying is uh, there's some work to be done on oneself, right? Is, uh, um, get comfortable in, in your own skin, but yet some people do still find it a little bit, um, a little bit awkward nonetheless, right? Uh, in terms of opening schools, uh, hi, Lori, love your show. I think they are opening the schools too soon. It could have waited until next September. Teachers are not at ease going back. Kids and parents are just getting the hang of this new routine, now giving them another routine. Everyone in a panic. Teachers trying to keep kids at a distance, making sure they are washing their hands. What about recess. Parents may have their own issues going on. I just think it's a mess. And I don't think the teachers are getting paid more for this either. Hope no one gets sick. Um, I, I get that it's uh, quite uh, controversial for a lot of people. And there's people on both ends of this argument, which are valid all around. Um, but I was just reading a post by our very own, uh, Dr. Joe Schwartz, and I, I like to follow him. He's a science man and he listens to the facts. And, uh, so I, I do trust in what he, in what he says, but I mean, even he admits like there's arguments on both sides and the government's not making this decisions willy nilly. Like this is, uh, well thought out. And as you heard on our newscasts that if it doesn't, if, if there is a, uh, repercussions to this that are negative, then they will pull back. So it's nothing is written in stone these days. It seems that everything is somewhat, um, somewhat up in the air, but I'd love to get your thoughts on this. And especially if it's making you feel anxious, I know we dedicated a whole show to, to that with our therapist panel, uh, last night. And I think it got people, uh, uh, thinking and people were, were definitely, uh, uh, vocalizing their discomfort and not just discomfort, but also their anxiety, um, around, uh, around this decision. It's a, a difficult time for everybody. And the, again, you know, placing the decision, if you're a, a parent of young kids, you've got to start thinking about this, right? Do I want my kids in school? Do I not want my kids in school? What risk am I taking? Uh, what's the benefit? What's the cost? I mean, so there's, it's not just the government making the decision, but it's now on us too to decide because it is voluntary. And, um, I, I don't envy parents who are in that position that they have to, uh, make, uh, make that decision and then worry all day <laughs> while their kids are in school or, uh, feel guilty if, uh, their kid gets sick or, or what have you. So it's, um, it doesn't feel like a win-win all around, right? It's so it is difficult. 514-800. If you want to text in some of your thoughts on anything that we are talking about today, would love to, uh, would love to hear from you. Uh, let's see, 
<laughs> Someone wrote down, going down on a woman on her period is like going to the circus. When you look up, you look like Bozo the Clown. Um, <laughs> Dr. Lori, can you get COVID-19 from getting a blowjob? Uh, so you don't, the, the part about sex where you can get it is through saliva. So the kissing is the most dangerous part of sexual activity, but, uh, you know, you're, you're not six feet away from this partner. If it's a partner you're living with, fine. There's no, there's no issue. But if you are going out and, uh, meeting up with people you don't live with, there's where the risk is. So it, the, the risk wouldn't be from the oral sex you're receiving, but more from the person touching you, breathing near you, um, speaking moistly, <laughs> that kind of thing. That's where, uh, the danger is. Uh, coming up, we'll uh, talk about, uh, I have a pelvic floor, uh, question, a fantasy question, and lots, lots more here to, uh, answer for you. But a safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Your questions answered tonight on Trouble Tuesdays, 514-800 to text in your questions or your comments. Uh, this text writes, but if the virus is transmissible via saliva, how could you possibly be safe in engaging in oral sex then? Uh, first of all, it's not, uh, it's not transmitted skin to skin, uh, genital skin to skin. It's not transmitted through, uh, semen or anything like that. So, uh, it, it has to get into your airways, right? So breathing in the particles in the air, this is as far as I know. And from what I'm, I'm, I'm reading, I'm no expert in COVID-19, just letting you know that, but I do know that saliva is the, would, you know, that, that would be getting in there. So, um, that's where it is. It isn't on, on your, um, genitals or your secretions that are below the belt. Uh, hi, Dr. Lord. What can I do? I have tons of anxiety. I'm alone as well in my house. So this is a situation. First, I want to tell you, you are so not alone. Um, anxiety is all over the place right now. And anxiety is created from fear, fear of not knowing what's happening. And people who already have a baseline of anxiety, like who are, who are living day to day with anxiety during this time, their anxiety seems to be just ramped up, right? Um, because there's just more unknown plus the isolation can certainly take its toll. So my best advice at this time is reach out to people you can speak to stay connected. Even if you're alone at home, uh, stay connected with others, uh, via uh, phone calls or video message, uh, like video chats or what have you. There are also, uh, apps like mindfulness apps, relaxation apps that you can download to help you just calm your breathing down because you, what you want to do is calm the system down. Um, so that your mind doesn't get all racy, uh, find, create yourself a structure, like a, some kind of schedule for your day, find activities that are, that you enjoy 
doing. So if it means going for a walk, go for a walk. If, uh, you know, picking up a new, some, some kind of hobby or an old hobby, a new hobby, whatever it is, taking an online course. I mean, these are all the things that people are doing to kind of keep all of this, that their mind away from all of the, um, the uncertainties and, uh, reach out. There's a crisis line. If you're really feeling in crisis, the Canadian mental health association at crisis services, Canada has opened up a crisis line. It's one 277 3553 Otherwise you can also uh, make a an appointment with a therapist, um, that you can uh, speak to virtually or digitally, whatever, uh, through your computer, through FaceTime. Uh, we're all, I think pretty much all of us are, are conducting our sessions that way now. So therapy is available. It will be covered by your insurance if you have insurance as well. Um, so that's another avenue to, uh, to look at. Um, Let's see. Um, I heard that weightlifting can cause pelvic floor dropping or loosening. I heard Kegels are good for this and there are weights that go into the vagina. Can some workouts besides Kegels work to strengthen these areas like hip thrusts or do they do more harm than good? So that's a, that's an interesting question. I actually led a class uh, with my gym at 360 Punch where we had one of our, uh, with a, um, with a coach, like a fitness coach, uh, and a pelvic floor physiotherapist. And the three of us put together a course to strengthen pelvic floors for women. And we did use the, uh, the weights that go into the vagina as well, because it teaches you how to where the muscles are and to hold on to those muscles. When you're weightlifting, what's important is to always, always keep your core strong. So before you pick up a weight, you have to like suck in your gut as if somebody's going to punch you and you have to like, it's a lifting of your whole pelvic floor. So you start, you know, the, the way that we, uh, it's like a three step thing, you know, it's like the sphincter muscle, then your vaginal muscle and pretend like you're picking up a, a blueberry with your vagina, for example, and, um, hold that core while you're doing your, uh, your exercise and then less chance of anything happening. But I, I don't, I don't, I haven't heard anything about weight, actual weightlifting causing pelvic floor damage or, or loosening, but nonetheless, Kegels are also good, but not necessarily, um, enough. What you can practice is, um, uh, Lavana, Lavana is the name of the, the, the balls that we use, the weighted balls by a company called Vivillo. So you can look it up, Vivillo, V-I-V-I-L-O. And they are these, uh, weighted, uh, balls that you can put into, into the vagina and easily take out cause they, they have an attachment to it. So it's not just like they just disappear in there. And, and it comes with a whole little program that you can, uh, that you can follow because the weights are different weights. So they starts at a very low weight and then it gets a little bit more. And the, the goal is to keep it in there so that eventually you can do some exercises like your, just your own exercise routine while maintaining the balls inside. Because when you're standing up, the natural thing is that the weight 
why there's a weight is so that they w- would fall out if you had no pelvic floor or no strength in your vaginal muscles. So this teaches you to keep them in and then during the workout you understand the keeping them uh, maintaining that strength in in your um in your uh, pelvic uh, your pelvic area and your abs like you're working your abs at the same time so Uh, One of my recurring fantasies is to just cuddle. So to my surprise, I found out there are professional cuddlers out there. Uh, To my mind, this could be a cathartic experience. I've never heard it mentioned on your show, been listening forever. I would welcome your opinion. We actually have talked about it because when the, I remember hearing about these, uh, maybe it was a company in New York. I know there was one there and I don't know if one opened up here, but where they were these like centers where you can get cuddles basically. uh, And a, the the whole reason for it is yes because it can be cathartic even though you're cuddling with a stranger you're paying to be cuddled by a stranger but for some people this really uh, really uh, works so I, I'm not surprised I'm sure you're certainly not the only one who has a fantasy of just being uh, being cuddled so uh, I don't really have like an opinion about about it per se because everybody has their own thing or what they enjoy. Clearly, there is a demand if these are have been created and seem to be functioning and get clients, right? So obviously there is a demand for this. So uh, you're clearly not uh, alone <laughs> in all of this. Um let me see. Hi, Dr. Lori. Troubled mentor following up with you. I guess this is an old, uh, somebody else who had written in. I executed my constructive dismissal exit plan from the exotic dancer six weeks ago. I recorded an honest message, which I texted her listing her issues and ungrateful and inconsiderate behavior and mistreatment of me but wished her well in a polite way. I also outlined my expectation for a reasonable amount of money and that my lawyer is in the know and that I had the expectation that she would fulfill her obligation. I snuck into her apartment building, dropped off her tires and sent the text and I'm happy to report that she got the message and has not contacted me. I feel so much better and that a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. My thanks to you and your listeners for your counsel. Keep up the great work. Best wishes. Um, if I remember correctly, it was somebody who was uh, helping out this uh, exotic uh, uh, dancer. I don't remember the actual email. I wish I could pull it up, but I don't have it with me. So um, I think you did you did the right thing, and I think you we I think we the compassion community made you realize that you were being used, uh, and it's like you can be nice, but there's too nice meaning being used and abused for your kindness and uh, that that's what was happening to you so I I do remember that if you have any questions uh, for me send them along to 514-800 you can also call in at 514-790-0800 would love to uh, to hear from you as well or don't forget you can also email me anytime to laurie at drlaurie.com Uh, Good day, Dr. Lori. My daughter is beside me as I write this, and she is very upset. Her confinement, she says, is like a prison term. As a family, I thought we were doing pretty good, but I think we are all at our limit. We are now all suffering some kind of mental breakdown. 
Thanks to you, we are closer and a better family as a unit, but thanks to the virus, we are fed up with each other. No arguing or fighting, but the stress is setting in. I've spoken to other friends and they feel the same way. Skype and FaceTime only go so far. We do get out shopping and for walks, but now it's not enough. My daughter and I are both experiencing nightmares and not sleeping well. We know we are not alone and we all appreciate you being there to help us along, but it's getting to be overwhelming. We have not lost anyone to this and God willing, we will not. And our prayers go out to those who did. We take walks together, but notice we are all taking more walks alone. My husband even started the pool and it's ready to go now. We've been listening in, but not as regularly as usual, but we have not heard a poem in a while. Is the passion poet okay? I assure you he's okay. (laughs) Um, uh, Let's see. Can you help us, please? Can you wake us up and it be a Saturday morning and none of this really happened? I wish I had that power, my dear. I wish I had that power. And then asks, how do I feel? How do you feel? We hope you're coping better than we are. Um, thank you for your concern for, for me. I, I, I do appreciate it. And I, I think you're, you're right. Uh, you're not alone, but now is a time for you to also, um, figure out other things you can do. And you're asking me how I'm coping and that's how I personally, that's how I'm coping is I'm, uh, doing more creative things. I'm spending a lot of time in like just doing art and it, expressing myself that way happening to be quite like producing quite a bit and and I'm thoroughly trying to enjoy this this t- this downtime in a way like I'm still working uh, and I see clients uh, during the day not as much as before but I'm okay like I'm I'm uh, trying to appreciate this time sometimes I need a little air and need to, of course go out for walks and taking my time my own time there's nothing wrong with going for walks alone there's nothing wrong with shutting yourself off in another room and, and doing your thing. You don't always all have to be together. So we're all coping in different ways. Um, if anybody has any, any tips to give, uh, one of our, our, uh, our passion listeners, then please, uh, share that with us coming up, talking about some hormones that are released during orgasm. That's after we check in with our CJD 800 newsroom. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Before I answer the uh, hormones and orgasm question, let's go to the lines and speak to Andy. Hi, Andy. Hello there. Listen, I have a, maybe it sounds stupid, but... I'm a, I hear a lot of violence against women mm-hmm. in every sense. Uh, all a lot of uh, radio programs mention it, news mentions it. But what makes a man hit a woman? Because if he would think it is like he, uh, when you hit a woman, it is like hitting your own mother. Because these are the the woman is that gives you life. So you must either hate yourself. That's what I come to the conclusion. Mm-hmm. But and you you hate yourself, and then you take it on, take this out on your girlfriend. Yeah. And but it's like hitting your own mother. I just can't. I just can't fathom that anybody would hit a, anybody, but especially a woman that gave you life 
or gives life to your children. Right. Well, you have a good insight there in terms of hating oneself. And if you remember this line, this says, this pretty much says it all hurt people, hurt people. So it's very hard to say who, like, what are the exact reasons, obviously, but oftentimes you have to look at that person's upbringing, that person's own hurts. Like if we want to take a compassionate look at this, right, it's that those people are themselves hurting and maybe they're hurting because, and they hate, they hate themselves, as you said. So you're, you're pretty bang on there. Um. And there's another thing personally, and please, it's my own thing, is that because of this, that the woman gives life to your daughter, to your son, to whatever, I happen to idolize the woman, <laughs> especially the woman body, because that is the most beautiful thing generally that ever that has ever been created, as far as I'm concerned. God bless you. Thanks very much. <laughs> all right, Andy. You stay safe. Take care. Bye-bye. Um, all right, let me answer this question. I'd like to know if hormones are released during orgasm, and if so, what are their functions, especially in women? That's a good question. So a few hormones are released during orgasm, and they're very important hormones. So the most, um, uh, well, they're all equally really important, but oxytocin is one of them. Oxytocin, it puts you in a bonding, like emotional state. So it's the bonding hormone. Some studies even suggest that it has some protective qualities, even against heart disease at some studies. Uh, we also release endorphins and those endorphins, uh, reduce, uh, pain and stress. So if you have a headache or menstrual cramps, sex and an orgasm is actually really good for that because it can uh, reduce uh, reduce pain and women also uh, release prolactin so those are basically the hormones that are released uh, during um, an orgasm okay a couple of uh, texts here to the woman whose daughter thinks she is in prison perhaps she should think of those of us who are in solitary confinement uh, yes that's uh, that's quite quite true. There are many people who are not with their families who, or who don't have families, who don't have a husband or a wife or a partner or children to isolate with. So I think the message here is make the best of that situation and, um, and, and express or show or think about things that you can be grateful for, right? So it's all that, that gratitude talk and uh and waking up and saying even in these difficult times what am i grateful for and that can be um that can be a reminder <laughs> passion poet says i passion poet is here i'm doing just fine just going a little insane and losing my mind i work all week but work is, is rather slow and gas is so cheap but nowhere to go Send Dr. Loria hello. A thank you for being there. She puts passion in our night and does it with care. Aw, thank you. Um, do though really good question here. Do women have as many fetishes as men? Are they similar or different? As a random example, do women fetishize men's feet or gain pleasure from having theirs worshipped? 
curious about any stats and percentages that you might have to share on the various fetishes of both men and women? What a great question. I don't have stats in front of me or percentages, but I can tell you that the most, if we want to call it a fetish, um, it is um, mostly for women in terms of domination or submission. So BDSM play. Um, so like having, you know, uh, fetishizing, ha- like having your feet, your feet worshipped is more about um, fetishizing the dominant position. But women do not have fetishes like men. Uh, far, far, far less. I'm, it's, hard to know why that is. Um, I, it's really, it's difficult to know, but because there's different theories of how fetishes, uh, evolve or, uh, or develop. And it, it could very well be that, um, that it's because men masturbate at an earlier age or masturbate more or make the connections with things with, with objects and that then become fetishized when they associate that object with, uh, with arousal, for example, that women don't do. Um, so the, like I have never seen in my whole career, a female foot fetishist, for example, uh, ever, um, or a female urophiliac, someone who likes to gets off on urinating on somebody else, unless it's part of the domin the domination, if you want to call it a fetish, but that that BDSM thing. That's it. Uh, this text writes, I think women are bigger pigs than men, men, just more vocal women, more secretive. Yeah. But not when it comes to, not when it comes to, uh, to specific, uh, fetish, uh, things just Googled it. More men than women have a foot fetish, for example. Oh, there's no question. There's no question about that. I just don't have the exact, uh, but thank you for Googling while I'm speaking here. It's hard for me to do both at the same time. Uh, and this one for Andy, Andy, some men have no honor. If you cannot respect oneself, you cannot respect others. Not to mention men who strike women are spineless cowards. So there you go. Um, my parents met 60 years ago today on a blind date. Wow. And they're both alive and in love. Congrats. Congratulations. That's wonderful. 60 years married, still in love, still alive. It's, uh, that's a beautiful thing. Similar to, uh, to my parents actually, who are together almost 60 years since I'm 56. Yeah. Something close to 60 years anyway. If you have any questions, uh, send them in to 514-800. Just as a, a reminder, which I'm sure you know, you've listened to if you've listened to the show long enough, that your questions remain anonymous. You do not have to give me your name. I do not say any names. This is a good place for you to figure stuff out. If you if you need the help of the rest of the passion community, not just me. But everybody else here is here to offer support and it can be very, very helpful. And I know that because I get emails all the time, people thanking the passion community, not just me. 
Um, so if you uh, want to share and uh, or, or you want to share your thoughts for someone else, then uh, please do that because it's actually quite helpful. 514-800 to text in. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. You still have uh, some minutes left to get some questions or comments in. I love this one. Liar. Why do women lie about their age? You're not 56. You're not a day over 36. I met you. I know. No, (laughs) you should see me now with my nice streak of gray hair. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Google I says in general it looks more more men than women have fetishes overall regardless of the fetish that uh, that is a fact Um, one thing that is overlooked by your listeners is women abuse as well Hmm. at six months old my leg was broken and not by accident but I made a promise to myself that I would break the cycle good for you and if you go on our podcast you will notice a few months back we did a whole show on men who are abused by women and you are very right when it comes to domestic abuse it is equal men women abuse men and uh, as much as men abuse women maybe in different ways though the only difference is that when uh, men abuse women physically they are more likely to cause greater damage more likely i'm not saying in your case clearly it caused physical serious physical damage but that's the the difference but there is yeah we should not just assume that it's men towards women but there are plenty of men out there it's just not spoken about talk about secretive and talk about why um you know, men don't come forward with this is because we have this belief that it doesn't happen to men and why, you know, man could stand up for himself and why would he let this happen and why is he such a pussy or whatever it is, whatever we have, we think of, right? It's not, those things aren't true, of course. I'm just uh, telling you what the, the, the common thinking is. So men do not come forward as they probably um, should, right? And, and the fear of not being believed, of course, there's, uh, there's that too. Okay. Can a BPD partner ever learn to forgive? So you're talking about a bipolar disorder partner ever learn to forgive and understand that her actions in crisis have also hurt her partner, or is it just a dead end? I mean, as a partner, you want the best for this person and you can see and understand her suffering in her times of crisis. She's been helped with therapy and keeps going, but it seems that as as time goes by, it's all about digging things from the past that have nothing to do with the present or relationship just to pick a fight. From experience, ghosting her only causes her to be more provocative to the point where she involves or tries to trigger jealousy, like talking to other men. But if the non-BPD person talks to a woman, it's automatic cheating for her. So confused on how to stay strong. To be honest, I messed up at one point by opening a dating account just to get back at her because whenever she would have a crisis or I would ignore not to fight, she would open these accounts or flirt with men online. After a year, I got fed up and tried to get her back. I regretted this right away and deleted everything. Eventually, she found out, and now I'm the one who cheated and can't be trusted. Unfortunately, you know, when you have a partner who has a mental illness, it is difficult for 
the other person. And there are support groups to help uh, partners cope. If you uh, look up Ami Quebec, they have great support uh, networks for people who are living with someone who has a, a, a mental illness. But that doesn't mean that you should not have your own boundaries about how you want to be uh, treated, etc. Even though you can be compassionate to, to your partner, you still have your own boundaries because you are still, all of us are the most important person in our lives. Okay. So you can't sacrifice everything for a partner, even if you have compassion for that partner. So I don't know if your partner is on medication, but the best way to uh, stabilize mood, especially for someone with, uh, uh, bipolar disorder, um, yes, then they, they might need a mood stabilizer plus therapy that seems to, to have the, uh, the best, um, effect, uh, or, or there's bi there's bipolar or, or I think you're talking about borderline actually borderline personality disorder. So, and still with borderline personality disorder, same thing is, uh, to stabilize, um, a mood also could be very helpful, but there's a uh, borderline personality disorder. Unfortunately is a lot of ups and downs and, um, they don't ha handle crises well and you're oftentimes it's extremes in uh, in behaviors and it can feel like a, a dr jekyll and mr hyde kind of effect for the other person so it's very difficult um so the get learn as much as you can about uh, a borderline personality disorder and um and make a decision for yourself if this is the kind of relationship that uh, that you want as well but medication is is can be very very uh, life-saving in this kind of uh, situation so i would encourage her to uh, to do that uh let's see i think uh i think sex workers should be considered an essential service for some people i guess i, I don't know but do you think sex workers well want to put themselves at risk for that too i suppose they put themselves at risk for other things um i guess this is also abuse there's been uh, aggressive episodes to be honest um I'm not sure what, oh yes, uh, what you, about the bipolar, uh, I mean the borderline personality. Yes, it can be abusive and it can feel abusive. Absolutely. Because they, people, partners can get, um, aggressive. Uh, the Google guy, I like that. We have a poet. We have a Google guy. Thank you, Google guy. I hope you'll be with me every day when I need you. Um, statistics about uh, fetishes. Best I could find is 28% of men have fetish. It's quite a bit. Versus 11% of women. So that's good. Um, problem with a fetish is most of it is very psychological. Simple things can be a major fetish for some. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. It, it depends on the, 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 um, the power that that object has, because you can absolutely love, a, a you know, high heels, for example, on a woman. And there's a difference between a fetish and a preference. So you can have men who will say things like, I'm a, 
I'm a butt man and you can have women, women can choose a body part too, but those are preferences. They're not necessarily fetishized, right? And usually fetishes are, uh, are things that, that are not generally considered sexual. So feet, for example, are not necessarily considered sexual, but if a, a man loves a woman's breasts, we wouldn't call that a breast fetish. We just call that a, um, a preference. Uh, somebody said, by the way, your videos are amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, speaking of, uh, videos. So I, I did do two TEDx talks and one of them is just about at a million views. I think we are like 3000 short of a million views. I'd love to get it to a million. Not sure why, just, just to say it just for fun. Uh, so if you, um, if you go to YouTube and just Google my name with Ted next to it. So if you just Google Dr. Lori Batito TEDx, you will see the one that's there called the pleasure principle. They're also on my, on my website at drlori.com, but that would be, that would be fun if you guys can help me get it to to that point. Um, any other messages here that I'm scrolling down? All right. One more question. Uh, doctor, I'd like to know if a guy pees inside of a woman's vagina, will it infect her? You know, because guys pee from the same hole that they ejaculate from. <laughs> okay. Um, and is it possible that it's dangerous to give oral sex or even to receive it? And does everyone do it? I mean, my parents, my friends, my neighbors, it's such a big taboo that just mentioning it makes someone speak in a very low tone of voice. So, uh, let me answer the question. First of all, men do not pee inside women's vaginas. It is not, uh, possible. There's a valve that shuts off to let the, for ejaculation to happen rather than the urine pass through. So there's a mechanism in place for that for, uh, for men. So that won't happen let's just say urine gets anywhere inside any uh, another human being if that urine is not in, infected with anything then there's no uh there there really isn't a, an issue and in terms of dangers to give oral sex or receive it it's the same it's it's sti risks right it's a transmission of sex, sexually transmitted infection risk whatever you can get in your vagina you can get in your throat so there's that to uh, to think about and does everybody do it a lot of people do it. It's, uh, it's part of foreplay for, for many, uh, many people. And people talk about it a whole lot more these days than, than probably they ever did. All right. I'm getting booted off here. Thank you so much for, uh, spending your time with me. Thanks to our technical producer, Dave Simon. If you want to connect with me, social media, it's doctor at Dr. Lori Betito, B-E-T-I-T-O is how you spell my last name or through my website, drlaurie.com. That's where you can also send me your uh, emails. And then remember that I answer emails at the beginning of every single show. So uh, feel free to send them to me anytime during the week. Coming up next year on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a wonderful rest of the evening. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion. Wherever you are, take me there.